Lone Star Classics' Glenn Litsky gives listeners a behind-the-scenes look at the hotbed that Dallas has become for volleyball and how much Athletes Unlimited Volleyball has impacted sports. Then, Mavs CEO Sid Marshall takes us through her journey of becoming a CEO, breaking into the sports world, and how she plans to turn Dallas blue for the Mavs playoff run. And then finally, Chuck Cooperstein makes Jason Kidd's case for Coach of the Year and gives his take on how far the Mavs can go into the playoff. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to Mic Drop, everyone, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. I'm Danielle Serenzi-Jones, CEO of Power Hands and advisor of the Dallas Sports Commission, filling in for Mr. Kevin Sullivan this week. Happy to be here, joined by my friend and amazing co-host, Dallas Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul. Also with us is Next Level Marcus Carr. Thanks for listening and following. It is episode 57. Sully reports that in honor of St. Marshall's appearance on Mic Drop, he thought that we should honor a Dallas Maverick. But no Maverick, no Maverick has ever worn number 57. We're excited about the start of the Rangers seasons, but there hasn't been a standout 57 for the Rangers. So let's go with former Cowboys linebacker Vincent Smith. He wore 57 in his two stunts in Dallas. He started Super Bowl 27 for the Dallas Cowboys. That was the first one of the Jimmy Johnson era. The Cowboys blew out the Buffalo Bills 52 to 17 at the Rose Bowl. So let's go with Cowboys former number set 57 Vincent Smith for episode 57 of the Mic Drop. So Monica, before we get started. Tell us what's coming up for DSC and tell us about the runway success of WrestleMania. Oh, Danielle, uh, this past week, uh, big, big win for the Dallas Sports Commission, for AT&T Stadium, American Airlines Center, K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. Uh, over 156,000 people, fans, took part in the two-night WrestleMania, once again setting major records, uh, as we did in 2016. Over $200 million in economic impact uh, can be attributed to, to WrestleMania. And I really have to give a big shout-out um, to our transportation transportation system for North Central Texas Council of Governments, DART, uh, Trinity Railway Express, uh, all of the people actually who who put a complimentary free um, transportation system in place. And, uh, you know, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, the event was out at AT&T Stadium uh, for larger events. It's, it's sometimes a challenge for fans to get out there. And uh, since we're right in the midst of a World Cup bid, we know we're going to have to do it in 2026 when we're hosting that. Um, we started to put our plans in place early, so I can't thank them enough uh, for their seamless uh, uh, plan and uh, all the extra hours and time that they, they put in together. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised uh, from what I hear. Uh, everyone had a great time at uh, WrestleMania and the other events and Access Superstore, and uh, I commend WWE on their community efforts the, that, that they did with Girl awesome. Up and um, really impactful week. Uh, it's a lot of work getting towards it, but uh, man, once you're right in the middle of WWE and their production and, and the storyline, and uh, obviously, you know, Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar uh, at, at <laughs> WrestleMania, and Vince McMahon got in the ring. So you can't you can't, can't do beat better that. Than that. And yeah. people don't even understand what goes behind the scenes. And you have something else that's coming up. Of course, let's talk about all the things that the DSC are doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, not only did uh, I, I attend WrestleMania this past week, but I made a trip to Minneapolis for the Women's Final Four. Uh, we're a host uh, in 2023, so we're, we're next up after Minneapolis. So I needed to get out there to get some learning lessons, see what changes uh, the, the NCAA had done uh, for, for their championship. We're also in a bid cycle for the 2028 to 2031 Women's Final Four. Uh, and then I actually attended the Men's Final Four on Monday night in you. New Orleans. So 
uh, yeah. For, uh, Your eyes should be puffy right uh, now, Monica. Well, I, I finally got a night's sleep last <laughs> night, so I, I, uh, I, I was dragging a little bit in the, in the office yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Um, but we're in a bid cycle for that as well, 2028 to 2031, and so haven't hosted since 2014. So, you know, being there in that environment, the Superdome, and thinking, oh, my gosh, we, you know, how we can do it so much bigger, bigger and better, you know, as we do things here. That's right. Um, but a lot of other things taking place here um, this week for Sports Commission. Obviously, we're going to be with Glenn Litsky here shortly to talk about the Lone Star Classic, uh, one of our largest uh, events uh, throughout the year and an yep. annual event for us over at the convention center. So excited to welcome them back to Dallas. Uh, Athletes Unlimited is hitting their uh, fourth week, so a professional volleyball league out at Fair Park, their fourth week, and will be going into their championship. So I urge everyone to get out there and uh, AUProSports.com. Head out to the Coliseum. I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised in terms of the level of the athletes and and that competition. Um, Have we not earned our stripes as the sports capital of the world. Well, you know, I, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little biased, Danielle. So you know, I oh always think gosh. we're the sports capital of the world. Um, and we're hearing uh, we're going to be approaching a middle of uh, May announcement of host cities from FIFA uh, is kind of the last schedule that we had. So we should be learning soon uh, whether we're going to be a host uh, city. We may not know if we're going to be the host of the International Broadcast Center and if we're uh, hosting the finals and how many mm-hmm. matches. But at least I think we'll know in May uh, if we're a host. And it kind of goes into uh, other items that we're bidding on. So CONCACAF Gold Cup. Uh, we hosted nine matches uh, last year due to kind of COVID and uh, the pods that they created. But uh, we're bidding on future international soccer um, events as well. And then obviously this weekend, uh, Sunday, we start Dallas Cup, which is one of our most prestigious youth international soccer tournaments who has, has been here for years. And uh, we're very, very proud of them. And so they'll be having their opening ceremonies out at Cotton Bowl Stadium on on Sunday and uh then wow. a lot of matches uh, throughout the week here in the DFW area. So sports all over the place. Oh, my gosh. So for those who has you have not received a return text from Monica or email, no. you now know what's going on. <laughs> this <laughs> is incredible, <laughs> Monica, and I'm so proud of the Sports Commission. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there may be a few uh, emails and texts that I'm a little delinquent on. <laughs> I, I will admit, and I apologize to those people. Well, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we're going to be back in a moment, right, with yeah. Mr. Glenn Litsky uh, about a big volleyball event event that is happening in Dallas and then the CEO of the Red Hot Dallas Mavericks will be joining us St. Marshall. First over to Rachel with a word from our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Well, I am so excited to welcome Glenn Litsky to the mic drop. He's the founder of the Adidas Lone Star Classic. That is the largest of the 12 USA Volleyball Junior National Qualifiers. Coming to Dallas this weekend at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center, Glenn has also had a great career in volleyball, including a long run as the assistant coach for UT while serving as a VP of the Competition Commission of the USAV Youth and Junior Olympic Division. Also, Glenn has had an international experience as our USA Youth and Junior National Team Assistant Coach. Welcome to the mic drop, Glenn. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we are excited to have you always. Glenn, uh, well, you know, a lot of people don't know, but uh, Glenn is one of my favorite people and uh, has meant a lot to me in my career. I uh, actually used to work for Glenn, uh, so really consider him a a lifelong friend uh, from Austin Juniors and numerous other things. So uh, I've learned a lot from him and continue to do so. So uh, he means a lot to me. But uh, Glenn, we're going to start a little bit uh, on a personal note um, on how you became involved in volleyball well it's um, i was going at 
I was at the University of Minnesota doing my uh, undergrad, and uh, I saw that there was a National Volleyball Championships. Uh, AAUs were in St. Paul, and the, and the USA Opens were in Duluth. And I went up and watched that, and they said, hey, there's a volleyball. I was really excited. And uh, Will Chamberlain, ironically, was in St. Paul, but there's some advertisements for camps and stuff. So me and one of my friends went out to that camp, and I got hooked and got on an open team and then got asked to coach, and it, it just snowballed from there. So, Glenn, I'm going to maybe throw you a little curveball here, but uh, you also have a son, Nathan, who competes uh, at Stanford, I believe. And uh, so I know you and your wife, Kathy, are on the road a lot to, to see him play. I know y'all were instrumental and had a big push to keep uh, men's volleyball over at Stanford when they uh, decided to, they to cut a lot of their programs from uh, from an athletic standpoint. So how's how's Nathan doing? He's uh and not to slight both of our kids and Monica knows both of them. And so <laughs> Lawrence at Marist setting and uh, Nathan has a match tonight. He's, he's setting for Stanford. They have a match tonight and Saturday versus BYU. So, all right. Well, I'll have Thanks to tune in. Absolutely. I'll have to tune in. I've known both of them for, since they were uh, uh, very young. Uh, so, Glenn, the Adidas Lone Star Classic obviously continues to grow year after year. Uh, sometimes we're lucky. Well, this year we're hosting two weekends. Sometimes we're lucky to host three weekends here in Dallas. Um, give our listeners uh, an idea of the format of the event, who will be competing, and how it kind of factors into the overall USA Volleyball scheme of uh, their their championships. Yeah, this is one of 12 women, girls, uh, qualifiers across the country. We have the, we're the largest, thanks to all the help that we get in Dallas. It's over 2,000 teams this year, two weekends in, in Dallas, and uh, – one weekend in Austin, just just because it worked out that way. But uh, you know, there's 38 divisions, and from 11s all the way up to 18s girls, and uh, we're just excited to to host. And so we we tout uh, from a Dallas Sports Commission standpoint, and being a, a mecca of sports, as Danielle and I were talking about earlier. Uh, kind of Lone Star is the prime example of another event that, you know, Dallas sports fans aren't necessarily aware of, um, you know, brings a lot of people to town, uh, delivers the economic benefit to our, uh, to our area, over $30 million in economic impact for the city every year. And that continues to grow and obviously, uh, will be even higher just knowing the 2000 teams that are coming in. So I feel like that's a conservative effort, but, um, teams are from all over, uh, any, any teams that uh, people should be on the lookout for, Glenn? Uh, I'm, I'm, Austin <laughs> I'm Junior sure teams, got... I know. Austin Junior volleyball <laughs> well, teams, I know. I mean, and, and we, you know, Texas has some of the best girls volleyball period. And Texas Advantage and, and Drive Nation and, and Summit and Skyline, those are, they're perennially national caliber teams. We have teams from 38 states, Puerto Rico. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you can play to your level of competition because we have different levels in each age group and so uh we're we're excited i mean the, none of this is possible without the support of monica her staff the dallas convention center has been exceptional uh we're looking forward to the, the that expansion that will even uh allow us to grow even more so uh we're we're fired up that's awesome glenn i mean 35 years this is the 35th annual Lone Star Classic, and to hear the numbers and the that uh, bring that volleyball brings into the community, how in the world did Texas become such a hotbed for volleyball? I'm not sure. It's sort of uh, the beauty of it is is that that it, it's the in a lot of in a lot of states, girls volleyball out surpasses girls basketball now in participation numbers. Uh, we've had some very good talent across the state, Dallas in particular. And once you put events like this in a convention center, we doubled in two years. And so now it's the careful what you wish for. <laughs> we've got the Dallas Convention, old Dallas Convention Center for two weeks. We could have it for three if we didn't have Austin. So we're we're fired up. There's more and more interest. I think some of that's spurred on by the uh, the Olympic success. It's spurred on by Athletes Unlimited and the pros playing in Dallas. That's 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 exciting. We have two of our, our former players playing, Molly McCage and uh, Madison Rigdon. And so we're fired up to see them play this uh, next two weeks. That's awesome. So, Glenn, one of the trademarks of my company is I only train Monday through Sunday. 
right? We know that practice and training is such a big part of their culture, and it must be a lifestyle for athletes. Talk to us about the commitment that these athletes are making every single day, and do they play all year round? Yeah, so we don't do anything. Most people don't do anything during the fall high school seasons, um, and then club starts up after Thanksgiving, and, and some people start up in January, and then the culmination easier is at Lone Star Classic or at the regional championships. And then there's summer events that uh, the better teams will play in. Uh, and so basically that I think the top teams are practicing three days a week. Uh, and then the, the, the non-travel teams um, will practice two days a week and play two times a month. And so um, they, they do also, like you say, physically train, they don't, they're working out in their high schools uh, and so it is a, it's a significant commitment when you know, a lot of our kids are you're planning on going to college so they have to keep their grades up and that's just part of our program anyway. That's awesome. And, you know, I mean, we are absolutely fans, right, of the Athletes Unlimited Professional Volleyball competitioning happening at the Fair Park Coliseum. And I know we're encouraging everyone to come out. And you mentioned some of your great players like Molly McCage and the other pro players that we should come out and support. Um, I really want to understand how healthy is the sport right now? We've gone through COVID the last 24 months. Talk to us about why people should come out and support everyone and what you see in the future. I think, well, it, for Dallas in particular, there's so many Dallas teams there. I mean, I, I don't know how many high schools that, that those, those teams play at, but there, there's probably somebody that, you know, they know at, at some high, in a lot of different high schools. And so the sport is growing exponentially after COVID. It's just, and after the Olympic success, we always see a bump in volleyball in, participation after the year after the Olympics and with them winning gold that even, you know, expounded on that situation. And then boys volleyball is exponential. I mean, Monica mentioned about getting men's volleyball at Green State back at Stanford. And that was a tall task, but you know, Ohio just added uh, boys volleyball is an emerging sport and Colorado did last year. And then uh, Utah just did. And so there's, there's, there's a groundswell on the boys side as well. And uh, we're, it's exciting. Well, Glenn, uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us here on the on the mic drop. Uh, you kind of took my last question of uh, the status of boys volleyball in Texas and knowing that uh, I think that's a great opportunity for growth. Um, you know, I, 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 many of our listeners may not uh, realize what you've done for the sport of volleyball, and I have no idea how you're going to narrow down one day when they say, uh, what, 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 what should Glenn Litsky be remembered for? There's so many things from, from a volleyball and what you've done for the sport. So I do thank you for that, uh, knowing that I do have a, a history in volleyball. So um, I encourage all of our listeners to get over to the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center um, and take part in, in the Lone Star Classic. Uh, a lot of great action taking place this weekend and next weekend. Uh, and uh, you can get, definitely get some additional uh, information on on their website. So, Glenn, uh, thank you for uh, joining us, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Moni, and, and thanks for all the help. Absolutely. Bye, Glenn. And now over to Rachel for thank a word you. from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Now, I don't know where Kevin Sully is right now, but I am so glad that you're not here because I have the distinct honor and pleasure to introduce and be joined by St. Marshall, who is one of the most dynamic and exceptional leaders in our history. St. Marshall traveled from the dim horizons of Richmond, California to Berkeley University, where she became the first African-American cheerleader in the university. Former cheerleader, I love that stat to spending over 40 years with a successful career breaking barriers at AT&T because she was putting people first. And now she has been named as the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, achieving another milestone of first as the first African-American CEO in NBA history and one of the most impactful leaders in our business and in our community. I think the mic drops every single time you get on stage. So welcome 
to Mic Drop, Miss Sint Marshall. Good morning, sister. How are you? Listen, how do I get an opportunity to fill in for Sully when you are on Mac Mic Drop? Monica, because thank you. we were meant to be together and we know that. We we figured that out a cover a few years ago. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so good to see you. Well, oh my goodness. And and again, you know, I I am uh, super excited because when I look at you, you are the epitome of a leader, right? Not just in our community, but you notice I use the word history. And you've had a successful career, of course, within AT&T and corporate America, but now you're in sports. And I'm sure people ask you this question all the time, my friend. What is the difference, right, in your transition to corporate America, non-sports, to now working in the sports industry? Yes, you know, I do get that question a lot. And the difference really is the subject matter, uh, because, you know, leadership is leadership. And when you have a, a group of people to lead and uh, you're responsible for profit and loss and you have customers to take care of, you know, that's kind of all the same. But the subject matter is different. So in, in this job, I have the pleasure of learning the business of basketball and I am learning it every single day. And it is so much fun. Uh, but that's that's really the big difference is I didn't I didn't know anything about uh, the business uh, of sports. And so I'm learning it every single day. But leadership is universal. I love that. Yes, it is. And so to it that is. point, talk to us about the fact that, you know, other businesses, of course, are trying to ignite their power and bring people together. How can we use sports as an example for other businesses to bring people together and truly unite towards one mission? You know what I love is that, uh, and we, we experienced this a lot uh, in 2020 during the pandemic and then in the aftermath of the George Floyd uh, uh, killing. Uh, we are, as a sports team, we are natural unifiers. I mean, we convene people for a living. That's what we do. Uh, our job, uh, at least for home games, is to have 41, 41 parties. Okay, we have 82 games, 41 at home. So we have 41 parties where we convene 19,200 uh, people. That is just what we are built to do. That's what we love to do. We're excited about it. That's our mission is to bring folks together. And so every now and then something pops up where we get to kind of take that mission and what we naturally do mm -hmm. and use it for a different cause. And people expect us to do that. We want to do it. So many people trust us. I mean, not just the people in the arena, but people who watch, uh, who watch us uh, in the various ways that they, you know, they can tune in. And so people are trusting us all the time. And so sometimes we get to get, we get to, you know, unite people and give that trust back on the things that actually matter to them. So we're naturally built to do it. We're wired to do it. We love doing it. Um, when we had our courageous conversation, our theme uh, was listen, learn, unite. And it's unite around whatever the need is. We love to do it. That's who we are. Sin, I love that. You, you talk about trust. So that sounds like the secret ingredient for any company to ignite power. And I love how unapologetic you are in the fact of talking about, you know, Mark chose me to ignite change, to be an, a change agent within the Mavs. Talk to us about some of the key ingredients of being a change agent and how you inject change into a company. I, I think, first of all, what I had to do is research. Of course, when, when Mark called me, I didn't know exactly what was going on. So I had to do my research before I met with him uh, just to really understand kind of what the mission uh, was all about. And, and then I had to talk to people. I had to do a lot of um data gathering, fact finding, and just really trying to understand, you know, who these people are, what do they want? Uh, you know, they come to work every day, but what do they really want uh, out of this place? What do they want uh, out of this job? Is it a job? Is it a career? Who are these people? Then of course I had to do my research on the fans. I mean, just so just a lot of fact finding. And then based on that, I had to do it fairly quickly, uh, laid out a vision of uh, who we wanted to be, and then uh, laid out a set of values and our values spell crafts. Uh, character, respect, authenticity, fairness, teamwork, mm -hmm. and safety, both awesome. physical and emotional safety. Um, and then laid out a 100-day a one hundred day plan, met with every single employee in the organization because that is key to meet with your people. Sometimes the organizations are too large. Like when I was at AT&T, I couldn't meet with 10, 20, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people. Uh, but we had, you know, at that time about 120 people and I met with them one-on-one. -on -one. 
uh, to really get to know them, uh, you know, just really spend time with them. And, and that was the recipe, vision values, one-on-ones, and then uh, creating a diverse leadership team and a diverse workforce so that we could really meet the needs of our fans, our suppliers, uh, and the people who trust us every single day. And of course, uh, make it a great place to work. You'll love this. Our, our workplace promise is every voice matters and everybody belongs. Oh. So if you work at the Dallas Mavericks, if you play for the Dallas Mavericks, if you do business with the Dallas Mavericks, we can promise that your voice matters and you really do belong. That is so huge. You have a voice and we are listening. I love that, Monica. No, and yes, I'm. It matters to us. We, we, mm-hmm. we can, we can Monica, feel the change. Is that Monica Paul? How yeah. you doing, Sint? How you doing? <laughs> so glad you're with us and so glad you're with the maps. And uh, I can tell you that uh, from a community standpoint, we can feel your change. So uh, I, I see that sign behind you that says thank you. And you were thanking some other workers. Well, I think we're telling you thank you for all that you've done. <laughs> thank you. It's so good to see you. It's been a minute. I know <laughs> it has. Uh, uh, so Sint, you recently said on a panel at the President uh, Bush Presidential Center that you are your ancestor wildest dreams. I have to know, what did you mean by that? Oh, when I think about my ancestors, I think about, you know, just what all they went through uh, to get me to this point. So I stand on some shoulders. And and what I meant by that is, you know, they had dreams, uh, you know, way back in the day when, you know, we were in a separate, uh, quote unquote, separate, but equal, uh, and we were in a segregated uh, country uh, when, you know, uh, a black man wasn't even considered to be a full man. Uh, they had dreams. Uh, they worked hard. They bled. Some died uh, so that one day uh, I could actually sit in the seat that I'm in now. So they had dreams that uh, one day we'd live in a country where everybody really was equal. We'd live in a country where zip code didn't matter, that I could get the same education as, uh, as others uh, received. Uh, that I could get the same opportunities. So they had big dreams about how we would live and how we would be respected uh, as a people. And I am living out that dream. And yes, they had some wild, some wild dreams that they bled and died for. And I am truly their wildest dream. Look where I sit right now. I mean, like I'm on this podcast with my two buddies. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy. But they, they had a dream about this. And I, I, I'm, I'm living it. Well, being uh, the NBA's first black woman CEO uh, is not the first time you've been a pioneer, breaking barriers. You were the first uh, black student body president of your high school in Oakland, one of the first black cheerleaders at at Cal Berkeley. How have you been able to really overcome those uh, obstacles throughout your life and, and, you know, continue to uh, along your path to, to break down those barriers? You know, you, usually when I'm the first, now it was different when I was president in my high school, but usually when I'm the first, I don't know I'm the first. So when I was the, one of the first black cheerleaders at Cal, I, did, I didn't know that. And I, and I like to say one of the first, because I got to believe, I mean, the school's been there since the 1800s. Hopefully there's somebody before me, but I seem to be kind of like a recent first. Um, and so you don't know it. I just, I was a cheerleader in high school. So I just went out and actually the first time I went out, I didn't make it. Okay. And so I went out again the next year. And I made it when I was the first uh, African-American chair of the North Carolina State Chamber. I didn't know that. I just, you know, moved to North Carolina. I had a big job for AT&T as the president of AT&T. I was supposed to be involved in the chamber. I was supposed to, you know, be involved in the community. I did what I was supposed to do and kind of just, you know, came up through the ranks in the chamber. Uh, But I didn't know I was supposed to be the first. And so once I usually find that out, I have to stop and think about, okay, so I, I, I better do a really good job. I better do a great job so that people won't even think twice about having another person who looks like me uh, in a job. And we deal with that too a lot as as, as women as well. Uh, and then I have to make sure that I have the second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, that I'm working on that. And that a group of people are working on who's, who's coming in behind me that looks like me. Um, so that w- whether it's this job or just in some other uh, uh, arena uh, similar to this, we have to do that. We have to do that as women. We do that as people of color. We make sure that we keep that pipeline going so that a diverse group of people will have the opportunity to get the job. Maybe they won't be selected, but they will have the opportunity to do um, the job. So 
it's okay being first. At some point, I don't want to be first anymore. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> it's, tw it's 2022. I should stop being first. At some point, like the second, third, fourth, it just has to be normal. Listen, and, and sin, I have no doubt, right? Your mission is so that you will not be the last and you are laying that the, the, the wisdom that you probably probably provide in the hallway conversations are so huge and the direct work that you're doing. And, and yes, you are an example of what we look at today is DE&I, but here's what you are another example of. I am a firm believer that when you are an authentic leader, that you can lead in any industry, you can lead across any vert vertical, and you can lead globally. Tell me about how you think the business side, right, of the Mavs will actually help the on-court side of the Mavericks and in basketball and the industry as, as a whole? I, lo I love that question. Let, let me hit on your comment first about leadership, and then, then I'm going to ask your question, because I believe there are three things that I have to do as a leader in order to be an effective leader, and it's real simple, and I call it my three L's. I need to listen to the people, learn from the people, and love the people. Mm -hmm. If I do those three things, and that's what I have done, hopefully, at the Mavs, just listen to the folks, learn from them, and love them, whether it be our employees, our uh, season ticket holders, our fans, uh, just, just that's all I have to do as a leader. And, and sometimes that's kind of like hard for leaders to do, but the listening uh, thing is key. Uh, I think the way we really help on uh, the basketball side is to do a few things. You know, we got to fill up that arena. We've got to have folks in there who are, you know, giving that energy to our players when they are playing. But we also have to make sure we have a lot of people who are following us and a lot of fans uh, out there because our guys need to feel that even when they are off the court, even when they're on uh, social media, they, they got to feel the love. And then we have to promote our players. We have some incredible, incredible uh, players and we have a great staff. And so our job on the business side is to also promote them, promote the brand of the organization, but also promote them and let people know that they are champions on and off the court. So we right. do promote a lot of the things uh, they're doing kind of off court. And so we have an amazing, amazing team to work on that. And then we just need the hype, hype get the hype going in the city. You know, we're going to the playoffs. Well, you we, know, I, we I'm already sure you heard that. Uh, playoffs. Well, first of all, we know you're going to be the biggest cheerleader. Hello. You've already broken that barrier and those grounds. But how are you feeling about the playoffs? I was shopping last night and I'm looking at blue and I'm like, I'm going to buy this for cent. I'm going to buy this for cent because she's the biggest cheerleader of the Mavs and we're going all the way. So tell me how you're feeling right now. I am so excited. I can barely contain myself. You know, we have a game, uh, you know, Friday night. We have an, our last one is on Sunday, our last home game for the regular season and then we won't be in the play-in tournament thank goodness and then uh playoffs will start and i am so excited i can barely contain myself i would text was texting with coach last night i said i don't want to get ahead of myself because i know we, we're still in the regular season but i'm so excited about playoffs the guys are working so hard and we gotta hype the city our job is to just hype the city. So you're going to see yard signs. Okay, I need to send y'all your yard signs so I need yep, to get your let's address. Let's do it. Get off. Okay, oh, yeah. I got it. And, and for our neighbors. <laughs> send me a okay. couple. <laughs> I'll send you a few so you can go. Because I'm going to walk through my whole neighborhood like I did last time. You're going to see yard signs everywhere. We're going to go crazy. Well, We're going to go why don't we just start light up the city in blue. A parade. It's going to be good. Let's start a parade in all of our communities, like an individual leader for a parade, a mass parade in all of our communities. Let's do it. Oh, yes. Let's, ooh, let's like do that. it. Okay. Let's do Mark. it. We're just going to go crazy. It, you know what? It's so good for us because, you know, we're coming through this pandemic. I mean, we're still in it, but we're working our way through it. People are starting to get out. I just want them to see blue everywhere. I want them to see Mavs everywhere because it's just good for the city. It's just it's good for the country. It's good for the world. It's good we have one of the most international teams. Us going to the playoffs <laughs> is good for the world. All right, Sid. I know we have to wrap with you, but I have one last question. I know we're on okay. a timeline. Uh, but I, okay. I uh, in terms of, I, I teach at SMU too. So uh, in terms of providing some feedback for students that are, you know, think that they, they want to be Sid Marshall one day. 
Um, and I know that you've provided some guidance and are a mentor for Izzy Harrison uh, with, with the Dallas Wings. I heard that I missed you over in Las Vegas for Athletes Unlimited basketball season, which we, we host their fabulous. volleyball season right now. It was fabulous. They told me a sense here. I'm like, what? And before I could, I think, run down there, I, I think uh, you, were, you were out. So, um, But how important is it to provide e- even current you know athletes uh, but giving her a back of the house uh, view into the business side and then just other you know students that are trying to get into sports or think they want to what advice would you give them quickly i think it's huge they just need to step into it step into it and be open and that that's really my advice be open you might think you want to be the general manager you might think you want to work on this side of it be open just come in just taste it all touch it all and then it'll start to come together ultimately, you know, kind of what your passion is and what you want to do. There's not a bad job in sports. There's just not, I haven't seen a job that, you know, folks just don't want to do. Uh, so just get in there and be open and nothing is too kind of low level for you to do. Get in there and do it. I mean, I'll get in there and do some, anything. I mean, they won't let me play on the court, but, uh, just be open, (laughs) be open and just be ready, be curious and have fun. That's the main thing. Have fun every day. Well, Sint, uh, we really thank you for joining us on the mic drop. Uh, big Dallas Mavericks fans here. We'll be putting our signs yes. up. I'll swing by the office. Um, we are we are behind you all the way. So, we love uh, you, Sint. Thank you. Yep. And thank you. you. I love y'all. Thank we you for you everything too. you do for our city. That's right. Thank you. Thanks for the support. Absolutely. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. All right, so now let's welcome to the podcast Chuck Cooperstein. Cooperstein is in his 17th season of the play-by-play voice of the Mavs on the ESPN radio, but has been a sports play-by-play guru in the DFW area for a very, very long time. Chuck, you join an exclusive group of two-time guests on the mic drop, which includes other Mavs media like Mark uh, Followill and Ben Rogers. Let's dive in quickly, and we absolutely are excited to have you on the mic drop. It's a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure. Well, thank you. And that voice, right? I need that voice this morning <laughs> as mine is uh, a little raspy. But listen, you know, we just what, had... you don't think mine is? You don't think mine ever gets that way? Come on. Well, <laughs> of course it does, but it, it sounds just perfect. And you know we just had Sin on. So, I mean, I, yeah, obviously... So, yeah, you're, you're asking me to try to follow up on her. I mean, come <laughs> on now. How, how fair is that? We, we, we know you can do it. We have that confidence. <laughs> I mean, especially when you look at what's going on right now. I mean, you, you're going to be a voice in talking about the Mavs when they're red hot right now, and they are clinching the playoff spot. I I mean, Luca is averaging almost a triple double, but they're still vying, right, for that third seat in the West ahead of the playoffs. So tell me, what is it going to take for them to get there? Well, to get to third, they're going to need some help uh, because they're a game behind Golden State, and they're going to they need Golden State to lose once to either the Lakers, the Pelicans. Uh, or, and they've got one more game on, on the weekend as well that I forget offhand. And the Mavericks obviously are going to have to win their last two against uh, uh, Portland tomorrow night and, uh, and San Antonio on Sunday. Um, you know, third is great, and third would be great simply because you'd be away from Phoenix in, in that bracket. Phoenix is fantastic, and they, uh, they have had the Mavericks number. They've had everybody's number this year, but they've had the Mavericks number over the last couple of years. So obviously you'd like to avoid playing them as long as possible. But really they, they, have, found, uh, they have found a formula that works for them. 
Uh, right now, their offense is absolutely unconsciously good. Uh, the defense, which had been great earlier in the season, has kind of slipped a little bit. Uh, they're going to have to kind of pick that up a little bit uh, going uh, into the playoffs where the game slows down uh, and, and the possessions really do count. Uh, but they're in a really good spot right now because, as you say, Luca is playing at just an absurdly high level, um, and they're making a lot of shots right now too, uh, which they did not do uh, for a lot of this season, but they've shot 50% or better in five of the last six games. So uh, th they're in a really good place. They're in a really confident place. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of trust between uh, coach and player and player and coach. And, uh, and you can just see it as the games evolve and where they might not always start out great, they wind up finishing really great. Well, I'm, I'm setting you up for a slam dunk here. How far do you think they're going to go in the playoffs? Oh, man, you're really putting me there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, look, at this point, it would be a significant disappointment if they did not get out of the first round. And that would mark progress because they've not been out of the first round since they won the championship in 2011. So mm. uh, at the very least, they need to do that. Um, if they're playing Phoenix, it would be a really, really tough out. I think they would give Phoenix some trouble. They gave Phoenix trouble, uh, you know, this year in the games that they played. In fact, they had leads in the fourth quarter of all of them. Uh, and significant leads at that and were unable to hold on. But, you know, they're a much different team now than they were even when they last played Phoenix in mid-January. Um, that would be a very difficult ask to, to get through that. But, hey, if they were able to get through that, then, you know, who knows where this takes us. But uh, at the very least, the Mavericks really, uh, with home court advantage in the playoffs in the first round, uh, they really do need to win in the first round and should win in the first round. And then, uh, hey, it's all gravy from there. So, Chuck, a, a few of our uh, guests have given due credit to Jason Kidd uh, for having the team into a defensive end of the court. Um, does Jason have a chance at winning Coach of the Year? Mm. Uh, I think he should get some votes, but I don't think he'll win it. I think uh, the two teams in front of them right now in the West, uh, Phoenix and Memphis, have the coaches who should win it. Uh, Monty Williams has put together a record-setting season for the Suns. Uh, they've won 63 games, uh, and he probably should have won it last year when Tom Thibodeau won it in New York. Uh, I think there was probably a little East Coast bias going on there. Uh, but I think Monty should have won it last year. His team got to the finals, and then his team improved on that this year to where they've been the dominant team in the league. And then nobody was calling this Memphis shot at all, and certainly uh, not calling this shot when their best player has missed over 20 games, and they've only lost three games uh, with him out of the lineup. Uh, Taylor Jenkins is a Dallas product. Uh, he went to St. Mark's. Uh, before going to Penn and Wharton and uh, somehow got himself into coaching. And he's, uh, he's really become a, a really remarkable coach in that time. But listen, what, what Jason has done with this team, it's, it's, it's one of those things too, where against nothing against Rick Carlisle, who I think is a, an absolutely brilliant basketball coach, but it may have just been time after 13 years and they needed to hear something different and have it done a different way. And Jason has certainly learned from his experiences uh, as a head coach in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee, but really in his last uh, two years as an assistant to Frank Vogel with the Lakers, I think he really figured out the whole game and, and how to play this coaching game to where he can get the most out of his team. And he has done that this year. It's, it's really been a, a, a fantastic thing to, to watch evolve over the course of 80 games. So Luca has played stellar basketball, obviously, since the All-Star break. Uh, maybe perhaps he, he took it a little personal that he wasn't voted a starter. Uh, any chance uh, Luca could be named MVP? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think uh, what you should be looking for is for a third consecutive first-team All-NBA. Uh, which is, again, for a guy who just turned 23, is really pretty remarkable. Uh, but I think lots of times the MVP vote is established in the first 20 games of the year. And while Luca wasn't bad in the first 20, uh, he was not extraordinary in the first 20. Uh, when the Mavericks were kind of struggling along and then he got hurt and he got sick, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's just unfortunate that uh, a lot of times the voters – uh, don't 
take the 30,000 foot view and see just exactly what's gone on. But listen, uh, since the middle of January, he has been nothing short of remarkable. Uh, when he we put up his first 40 point game against Toronto, and he's just followed it up here, uh, you know, all the way through. There really, there's been no letdown whatsoever. You know, he only scored 26 last night against the Pistons, and that ended a streak of five consecutive games of 30 or more, uh, which is the second longest streak in in Mavericks franchise history. Uh, his passing has been exquisite, and and those players have learned how to play off of him. They know where they're going to get the ball, and Luka is able to hit hit them uh, on time and on target, and uh, the shooting really has been pretty remarkable here of late. And, uh, you know, when your record is 41-21, and 21, uh, and that's Luka's record in games that he has played this year, I mean, it does speak a lot to the value that he provides. And I think, uh, you know, if you took the 30,000 foot view and you see where the Mavericks are, and certainly if they wound up finishing third, uh, that, uh, he, he should get some MVP votes. Uh, but I do think that, uh, this is a two man race and has been a two man race for some time between, uh, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets and Joel Embiid of the Sixers. So Chuck, I want you to do me a favor. Next time you see Luca and you see his, you know, headphones on and his phone out, I want you to un- figure out what he's downloading right now, since he is so on fire. And Jason Kidd, figure out if they're watching the same things because they are so in sync. And I love this part of the show because we get to talk about what are we downloading. Our lives are so busy, so I want to know what are the latest books podcasts, shows, like what do you binge watch on? Help our listeners kind of get some entertainment from you uh, aside from sports. It can be sports or anything related. Well, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm very active on Twitter, but uh, I'm, I'm not really big in the podcast game uh, uh, or the, or the streaming game. Uh, Although I I love Ozark, but I've not watched the, the latest season of Ozark except for the first episode. And I've just, I just One sort of night. got lost. I, I, Are I, you I, kidding I, me? I could, I, I stayed up to like four o'clock in the morning. I can't just watch one episode. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I, I, well, there are a lot of times where you're working late and uh, sometimes you just have to sleep. <laughs> I would agree. But uh, I, I, I listen to a lot of sports podcasts. Um, I, I really like JJ Reddick's podcast that, uh, and the one that he did with Luca in particular, that was, uh, that was excellent. And, uh, and Zach Lowe uh, of ESPN has always been a favorite of mine just because I think he's really, really smart. Uh, he's very educated, and he has really good guests on that, uh, that break things down really well for me and maybe find out things that uh, I don't, uh, that I didn't already know. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big news watcher, uh, so really I, d- I, don't, I don't stream and podcast very much. I'm very much kind of an in-the-moment person. Uh, in, to me, you know, podcasts are something that. that you go back and sort of listen to later on. And so, uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm a, I, I'm an, I'm an act, I'm an act real time. Person. It's like the person, yep. the thing that's on right now, as opposed to the thing that's going to be in my headphones. And if it isn't, and if it's not a podcast in my headphones, I'm a, you know, I'm an old school Southern rocker. And, uh, so if it's the Almond brothers or, uh, the outlaws or my, my Spotify 2021 listening, uh, that's, what's going to be in my headphones when, especially when I walk my dog. <laughs> I love that. You're going to have to send me that list because I think my eight-year-old daughter is going to be a rocker. So please. (laughs) I'll do that. (laughs) Monica? Well, Danielle, I'm always usually a disappointment here on the the download section. I've been uh, a little too busy uh, over this last week. I think the only thing that I have kind of downloaded were uh, replays of WWE and, and... keeping track of uh, some community initiatives. But I did, I will tell you that I did uh, uh, watch live the uh, FIFA draw for the World Cup uh, last yes. uh, last Friday. And, and so, oh, by the way, why did they take 45 minutes? I know, right? I, I watched. I, I, don't, I don't want anyone ever complaining <laughs> about CBS when the March Madness draw uh, and the brackets are released. You know, they say it takes too long to get there. They, I, they, Chuck, they're, they're absolute sprinters compared to FIFA. Yep, Chuck, I was uh, actually at the Women's Final Four uh, walking around FanFest and attending their um, read to the Final Four event. So I had my phone out and I started, you know, 
at the probably about 20 minutes in because I knew there would have to be some pomp and circumstance, but I didn't realize that it was going to be 55 minutes of pomp and circumstance. And then it was going to be, okay, and here are the, uh, here, here's the draw in the different groups. So I, I did watch that excited for our USA men for, uh, qualifying obviously. And now, uh, on to Qatar and hopefully some of us will be there to, to cheer them on as we're preparing for 2026. So mm. that's all I got, Danielle. Well, you know, I mean, Monica, you have to give this answer what every single uh week a couple yeah. of times a month so i yep. understand who has time for that but i think my family's a little concerned about me because i work so much right and spend time with the family so when i get to binge watch uh-huh. i binge watch for example ozark watched uh-huh. it in one night stayed up it was incredible over the weekend i also love all american that's my all time mm-hmm. same thing netflix is my uh is my show uh, and, and, and channel, uh, force any of the power series, like 50 cents does amazing with that and designated survivor okay. is incredible with Keith or Sutherland. It's amazing well, on Netflix. See, but see I, I watched that originally. Uh-huh. So there's no, for me, there's no, one of the few, I see, I like, I like a lot of networks. I love the Dick Wolf procedurals. I'm, I'm yep. a big fan of law and order. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that law and order is back. Yep. It should never have gone away in the first place. Grew up uh, on law and so order. So again, it's, you know, like I have the FBI's, I've got the Chicago's, I've got love the law and orders. Love it. And that's, ba- <laughs> that's basically what I watch. Uh, you know, people will say, you know, you're watching commercial TV, what's wrong with you? But that's, those are the shows that I like. I can uh, stream off of Chuck's DVR easily because I watch all of those too. So, well, so. <laughs> and, and, and I'll just say one last podcast that I want to make sure you guys watch is I Am Athlete. Chuck, I don't know if you've seen that with former uh, NFL professionals, Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, um, Chad Ochocinco. Uh, when I tell you they're the focus on mental health, the focus focus on culture and sports and how they blend it together and the guests and they even even have a, a woman's um, uh, podcast. I am woman. It, it is it is pretty amazing. So I really like that one as well. Awesome. So I think are we ending mic drop here? I think uh, no, we can't. I don't <laughs> want to depart away from you, Monica or Chuck. I've got to go back to work in the real world now. <laughs> well, I wish it was that easy just to just to continue mic drop, uh, you know, for for many hours. But I think we we're gonna have to wrap it up. All right. Well, on behalf of Monica, Paul, and I, and the Dallas Sports Commission, thank you so much to our guests, Glenn Litsky. Miss Cynthia Marshall and Chuck. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Chuck Cooperstein. Thanks to Mike Drop production team, uh, Danielle, Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, Reeves Eddins of Tony Faye PR. Thanks to Ren and Jay and uh, Vocal Media, our showrunner, uh, Tony Faye. Until the next time, thanks for listening and let's continue to drop the mics.